You're listening to a sermon from Redemption Church, Calgary South. We exist to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission by seeing the lost redeemed, the redeemed matured, and the matured multiplied for the glory of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit redemptioncalgarysouth.com. Welcome to church. Welcome to the Lord's Day as we gather on this very special Sunday. This is a unique day that only happens every some seven years, right? When, when Christmas falls on a Sunday and what a privilege it is to, to gather and to, and to praise his name as a church family. Amidst all of the busyness, amidst all of the celebrating and the stuff, we get to remember what it's all about to celebrate the birth of our Savior to remember the wonder and the glory that 2,000 years ago, when the fullness of time had come for God, so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to come down, to really come down to our level, to be born of a virgin, to put on human flesh in order to live for our righteousness and die for our sin so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Friends, That is what Christmas is all about, and that's why we celebrate this every Sunday as a church, but there's just something so so special about celebrating it on this given Christmas Sunday morning. Now, most of us already this morning have spent some time already, maybe, or maybe even last night, opening gifts, that whole giving and receiving of gifts from loved ones. Now, let me ask you, and especially the kids here this morning, Let me ask you, how do you react when you open up that extra special gift that you have been asking for, that gift that you have been waiting for, the gift that maybe is on the top of your list? How do you respond when you get the gift that you most wanted? Do you just exclaim with all kinds of joy? Do you jump around and scream? And, And do you tell the closest person next to you and show them how awesome this gift is? So when you receive the most incredible gift that you're not expecting at all from someone who knows you so well, how do you respond? And so that's the question for us here this morning, as we are going to be talking about the most perfect gift, the best gift ever, the infinite, eternal gift of Jesus Christ, the greatest gift. How do we respond? Just think about yourself. You're taking off all the packaging and the wrapping and maybe you're taking out that new item that you received. You're putting the batteries in. You're, you're, you're getting it all ready to play with, or you're, you're putting it on. Maybe it's a new piece of clothing that you love. What do you do? Do you go and show it to the, the first person you see? Do you, do you text your friend and show, you, show them what you got for Christmas? Well, as a, as a group of, of ragtag, lowly shepherds in the backwoods of Israel some 2,000 years ago, as they heard about the greatest gift that was ever given, the greatest gift that could ever be given, we're going to look at how they responded to that gift. And we're looking at the gospel of Luke, and we're going to hear about how they reacted. And what we're going to see on this Christmas day, 2022, is that from the very beginnings of Christmas, the greatest and most anticipated gift ever demands the greatest response Ever. So the greatest and most anticipated gift ever demands the greatest response ever. And as we're going to look at the shepherds, we're going to see that it's a gift that moves our feet, it's a gift that moves our mouths, and it's a gift that should move our hearts. 
And so from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from, their, from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and, and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for uh, gathering us. We do pray as your word is open before us that your word would do the work that you always sent it to do, that it would both convict, it would reveal, it would teach us, it would mold us, it would shape us into the image of Jesus Christ, the one who was born to us 2,000 years ago. We pray it in his name. Amen. Well, friends, as the, as the, the good news of great joy, as the angels declared, is the, the most anticipated gift ever. It therefore demands the greatest response ever. A response, like I said, that, that moves our feet, moves our mouths, and moves our hearts more than anything ever could in this world. Just as it did back then with these shepherds, unsuspecting shepherds just out doing their everyday job, and it's a grueling job tending to their flocks by night. This is a night that would forever stand apart for all eternity. And so our text begins here by saying in the same region, Bethlehem, as it says in verse 8, it begins with the shepherds uh, close out in the fields, but close to Bethlehem and close to where their own shepherd king, Messiah, was to be born. It begins with the shepherds out in the field. And what are they doing? They're keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, a little background about shepherds is in order here. Uh, shepherding is not as common here in Calgary, Alberta, as it would be across the world in the Middle East, and even more so as it would be 2,000 years ago. A shepherd, in, in just the most concrete definition, is one who would uh, herd sheep. He's one who guards the sheep. He's one who tends and, and feeds the sheep. And this is his whole occupation. This is his 24-7 life. He is with the flock. He sleeps and, and he eats and he lives amongst his own flock. He's shepherding them with, with tireless ambition and, and strenu it's a strenuous job. And it's a job that really wasn't for the most highly of person. It was it was a very, a very lowly and despised job. It was, 
It was often a job for outcasts. Uh, One thing we know that because of their 24-7 occupation, um, they could not observe the Jewish rites and Sabbath laws. That was just due to the nature of the, and the demand of their job. And so these men were often considered the dirty, the despised. They were ceremonial unclean to the very people whom they were actually raising up these sheep for. In fact, when you see that sheep were raised up between Bethlehem and Jerusalem in that area, most of them were being raised up to be slaughtered in the temple for sacrifice. And so as we talked about Jesus himself last week coming from obscurity and him coming from humility from Bethlehem, there is beauty and irony here as well that the king of the universe, what we see here is that he's not being announced first to the royalty of Jerusalem, but rather he is being announced to the lowliest, to the despised, and to the rejected. And so as these outcasts, shepherds were exhausted from their day, from the constant feeding, the constant watering, the constant chasing of sheep. They would also have to lay down uh, with the sheep. They would often put them in a kind of a fence of of, um, branches and things like that, and they would sleep uh, in front of the, the door. They were really the doorway of those sheep to keep them in that pen, sleeping right next to the sheep, smelling like the sheep, until that evening, out of the darkness, The brightest of lights would have appeared to them and shone in their darkness, and they would have woken up in trembling fear, as verse 9 says. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And friends, great fear is the right reaction when you come into the presence of something like this. Great fear is exactly what you and I would experience as well if in the middle of the night, All of a sudden, a bright, blinding light was shining all around you. It would have stood you up on your feet. You'd be rubbing the sleep out of your eyes, wondering what in the world is going on. And you discover that the source source of such blinding light is none other than an angel of the Lord. Friends, in that moment, like the shepherds, you would have fallen on your face. We see that all throughout the scriptures. Whenever you're in the presence of God or the presence of a holy angel, The common response is to fall on your face in fear. This would have been us as it was with them at the same time. And then they heard the voice of an angel saying, the angel said to them, fear not. Fear not. The most common imperative in the scriptures. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And to your absolute surprise and astonishment, you, you realize this angel has not come to destroy you as took place in the great exodus. They didn't come bearing the worst news you could ever hear. No, instead, he says that he has come to give you the greatest news ever. In fact, it is the, the good news, Ewangelion, good news, which means the gospel news. This is news of salvation, news of a savior, the news that instead of the greatest fear, You ought to have the greatest joy ever. And that it's the greatest joy, as they say, that will be for all the people. This is news that is not just for the Jews, but this is a gospel news for the whole world. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, right? Not Jerusalem, but Bethlehem. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Christ meaning 
the Messiah, the long-promised Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah. And then also with that title, he is the Lord. He is the ruler. He is the long-promised Davidic king, the eternal ruler of the promise. Friends, this is the message that the Jewish people have been waiting for for all of those years. This is the one from whom the prophets spoke. This is the story of the one whom even these uneducated and outcast Jewish shepherds would still be aware of. And these are those to whom the very first announcement of his birth is given. And it's absolutely incredible. It is so unexpected. And so they would have been marveling at such a moment. This was such a divine event, such an awesome privilege to be the first to know of the Messiah's arrival. And this news that they hear isn't isn't given to them just to produce awe. No, the message of this gospel that was given to them was meant to move their feet. As the angel says in verse 12, it says, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You will, it says, meaning that there is no other option. You will go find him. You will find him. And the one whom they find will be the one that is not in a palace. He's not in a king's bed. He's, he's wrapped in swaddling cloths and he's lying in a manger. And, and who knows what a manger is? A manger is a feeding trough. It's not the place you'd want to lay your baby, but that's all that they had. It was, a, it was a, wooden, a wooden feeding station where you would put the hay for the horse or, or a cow. This is not the place that you would prefer to lay your child, but it was the only place available as we know. There was no place in the inn for Joseph and Mary. And so as these shepherds hear such a great gospel news of even greater joy, they know from that moment that they need to go find him. They know that they need to see him. They're called to go and look for him. And God seals it with the confirmation with a multitude of angels in verse 13. <clears throat> and suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. What this means is the time has finally come. The time has finally come. God has sent his son and God deserves all the glory that, that as this baby was just born and announced to lowly shepherds, peace had finally come down. Peace for those with whom the Lord is going to save, with those whom he, whom he is well pleased. And friends, this is the greatest gift ever. As I mentioned last Sunday, the gift of the eternal Messiah, the King, the Shepherd, and the peace and the salvation that has finally come through him is the, is the greatest gift anyone could ever receive. And this is that announcement. And the announcement comes from God's very messengers themselves, his holy messengers. And it's a message that they themselves also long to see that the Christ child has finally come. And so as much as you can, try to picture that brilliant light followed by that glorious message. You see this punctuated by a multitude, probably meaning thousands of angels declaring in the middle of the night, in the middle of a field to certain poor shepherds, glory to God in the highest and on earth, right? Finally on earth, 
peace among those for whom he is pleased, those he saves. And he says, this is a message that is for all the people. And then just imagine how in a second, all of this would have vanished from right before their faces. And then as these poor astonished shepherds had to decide what they were going to do next, you know, as they, as they needed to stay and watch their sheep, we don't see them staying and watching their sheep. We don't see them staying to care for them because the good news is of great joy. It's too good. They have to go. They have to obey what the angels were saying. And so they drop everything. They drop everything and they go after this Savior. And friends, since this day, that same decision has met millions and millions of us ever since. Ever since that miraculous first message was proclaimed, many others will also follow from, from starting with the disciples after Jesus. And to every Christian who has existed ever since then, they are met with that same decision of how they're going to respond to such incredible news, to respond to such astonishing good news of great joy. The same gospel that the angels proclaimed, there is a decision to go and see, to go after, to follow the Christ child. And so friends, as excited as we could ever be over maybe the greatest gift that we could ever find here on earth, the greater and eternal gift is the gift of salvation and forgiveness for your sins. It's the only gift that can transform your life, that can transform your desires, that can transform your heart. Friends, it's the only gift that could forgive you from your sins through the spilt blood of this very Christ child. And it's the gift that has been given to us in order to re reunite us with God forever. And so the question is, is as you hear the angel's say, and as you hear what the Bible says, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. The question is, is when you think of these shepherds and how quickly they go, how do you respond to the message? How do you react? How should we react to the greatest gift ever? Do we just quietly acknowledge the gift do we just quietly return to our business, return to the sheep? Do we just return to the really important things of life? Do we just kind of meekly receive the gift and then we go and hide it in our closet? Do we just keep it all to ourselves and we only pull it out when nobody else is watching? Do we hide this gift from the world because we don't want to be embarrassed? We don't want to offend people. We don't want to be seen as, as some of those crazy religious people. Do we just continue to live our life out in the field, doing life as we've always done, or do we go? Do we go out of love for the lost? Do we go in obedience to the message? Is the greatest news of great joy just so good that we're compelled to go? We can't stay. Well, as we look at what the shepherds did, as we see how they responded, this leads us and shows us how we should respond. If you look at verse 15 to 16, it says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And then it says in verse 16, and they went with haste. And they went with haste to found Mary and Joseph and, and the baby lying in a manger. 
right? They didn't say, first, we should have to call for some help over here because we have some sheep to be taken care of. So we're going to have to wait. We're going to call some more shepherds. They're going to have to come and stay with the sheep. No, we don't see that. There's no business plan still left for them. They didn't say, you know, I'm really tired. It is the middle of the night. I've been herding sheep all day. Let's wait till the morning. Let's wait till first light. No, they said, let's go. Let's go. There's no hesitation at all. They see this. They see this and they hear this message. And so they have to go. And so they want to go and see their Savior. They want to go and see the King. They want to see this thing that has just happened as the, as the Lord has made this known to them. And then in, in verse 16, we see that they went. We see that they didn't stay. We see that they, they went. But they went with what? It says they went with haste. They went with haste. Friends, the good news of the greatest joy debate demands no less than haste today. Now, when you hear the gospel and, and when you believe it and when you really see it as the greatest news ever, what could be holding you back? No, friends, when you truly get it, that means that you go, you follow, you go after Jesus. It's exactly what we see going on here with the shepherds, which is really point one, they went. The good news moves our feet. Verse 16, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Friends, as you are those who have unwrapped the good news of the greatest joy ever, as you look down to your feet over the past few years, when you look back at your faith over the last few years, let me ask you, are those feet moving? Are those feet going? Are your feet going after Jesus? Do you remember when Jesus called his very first disciples, when he called Simon and Andrew and James and John to come follow him? Do you remember how quickly they responded? Mark 1, 16 to 20 says, Passing along the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, I will make you become fishers of men. And then verse 18 says, and immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going a little farther, he sees James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Friends, the news is too good. The news is too great. The, the good news is too joyful to let anything become between you and following Jesus, the shepherds believe this, the disciples believe this, and the call for us is no less today. Therefore, we move. Therefore, we follow. Therefore, we go. Just as Romans 10, 15 says, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. In the eyes of God, going, following, feet are beautiful in his sight. And so the question this Christmas, and as we look forward into the new year, is are we going? Are we following? Are our feet beautiful as we follow our Savior with the good news to a lost and dying world? And so by example of the shepherds, we see that the good news moves our feet. And then with that, we also see that it moves our mouths. Verse 17 says, and when they saw it, when they saw what? 
When they saw the child wrapped in cloths in a manger, they made known the saying that has been told them concerning the child. Friends, they told. The good news moves our mouths. There was, they, they made known the saying. What saying was it? The saying was what the angels said, which was that this was good news of great joy, that peace had come to earth. The gospel has come. The gospel is fulfilled. These uneducated, unsuspecting, and even despised shepherds were the first ones to proclaim the gospel, the good news, and that it was truly too good to keep to themselves. It was truly too great to hide under a basket or under a bed. No, what they heard and saw and what they proclaimed is that the gospel is just too great to keep hidden. It's got to be shone into the world. And friends, that is the way that the gospel message works. That's the way that the gospel works. It not only moves our feet, but it also moves our mouths. You can't contain it. It's too good. It's too awesome. It's too powerful. It needs to be shared. Like just even think about how just this morning, as maybe you've been so delighted in a certain gift that you opened up, Think about how quickly maybe you, you shared that with a friend. Maybe you texted a friend or maybe you posted yourself with a new, a new outfit online. And think about how thankful you were to the person who gave it to you. And then with that, friends, think about how much more, how much more we ought to be sharing about the greatest gift ever of a Savior who has come to save us from our sins that in a world that has so many good things to enjoy, that the greatest thing above all that is the gospel, right? As the angel said, this is good news of great joy. That shall be for who? It shall be for all people. Friends, right there, right there, you, we see that this isn't just good news just for us. This is good news that is not just for the Jews. This is good news that should be for all people, all people groups, all nations. There is no limits to who needs to hear this saving message. And that message comes through beautiful feet and an unashamed mouth. I mean, just look at the response of the shepherds as they're relaying this good news in verse 18. As we look at how the other people responded to the news that they shared, it said, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. All who heard it wondered. Now, I don't think that means that all of them were saved by that message. It doesn't say that, right? We know that even, we know that even by the testimony of the New Testament, that as faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ, that this is how people are saved for sure. But it doesn't mean here that all who heard were saved. It says all who heard wondered. But we see here that all who heard it actually wondered. As they were confronted with the story, the, confronted with the gospel, they wondered. Even if some chose to believe and some chose to reject it, they still wondered. It speaks to the fact that people can marvel at the story of Jesus. Some people can be curious about the story. Some can even be interested in it. And even as we see today with Christmas, people can can celebrate it. People can sing songs all the time. You hear songs, you hear songs about the glory of this Christ child that is born. You hear that ringing through the stores, but yet people sing it and they don't believe the words. As Isaiah says, the word of God doesn't return empty, 
You either have to choose to reject it or choose to believe it. So really what we see here is is the word of God, the message is going forth. People are marveling at it. But then as we look at how Mary responds, this should just give us great faith. It says in verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Friends, as many may wonder, some will only only some will truly treasure the message. Only some will truly take it to heart. Mary treasured up all of it. She pondered it within her heart. So whether you're at a meal this afternoon or whether you're at a function later today or some other time in this holiday season, whether you're just interacting with a neighbor or a friend or a member of your family or a stranger, be bold. Be courageous. Allow them to hear the greatest message of great joy. That message that you are treasuring in your heart, that you have been pondering deeply, that transforms you within. Let that out. It's in there in order to come out. Friends, God is still at work saving people. But he saves people through us sharing the message to other people. He is at work. He's always at work. Even, in our, even just in our little church here as well, people are getting saved. Over the past month, people are, are getting saved because people are sharing the good news, sharing the hope they have within them. People are sharing the gospel. Just this past month, there's, there's two men right here in our church who've been saved. One about three weeks ago, another just past week. We praise the Lord, we praise the Lord that God saves and God is still saving. Just as I highlighted Caesar and Verona's baptisms in Texas last week, when they came to our church, they did, I didn't know where they were and I don't think they knew where they were either. But through the influence of our people and the word here, and then as they moved to another faithful church, they got baptized and they believe. Friends, that's what God does. Even last week after church, I had three people come up to me asking about baptism. He is at work. And the Christmas story reminds us of the beginnings of that work. And then thirdly, as we look at the good news, as the good news moves our feet and as the good news moves our mouths, we also see that they glorified, the shepherds glorified, and it means that the good news moved their hearts. Verse 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So after the people wondered, and after Mary treasured, after the shepherds saw the glory and the truth of what was revealed to them in the flesh, in the, in the Christ child, the text says that they returned. They returned to their sheep. They returned to the fields. But they returned forever changed, as the text says, they returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Friends, it's the truth of the story of Christmas, the truth of Christ who came down for us that ought to produce the greatest awe and wonder and praise to God for his perfect plan that all of it has come to fruition, his perfect plan to send his son, his perfect plan in the very perfect fullness of time, to send us the greatest gift we could ever imagine ever getting, which ought to produce the greatest praise to the glory of God. Friends, the reason we love to sing as Christians, the reason we love to praise our God at Christmas is because, this, because of the story, it's because of the reality. 
of the Christ child. And that should absolutely blow away anything about any kind of gift, anything on this earth. As the shepherds went and told and glorified, they celebrated the grace, the greatest and most anticipated gift ever. And that demands the greatest response ever. Friends, it's a response that moves our feet, moves our mouths, and moves our hearts more than anything could this side of heaven. And so with that, I pray that your Christmas will be particularly blessed this year, that you would fully embrace the good news of great joy, and that may the Lord continue to work and save through the year ahead and the years coming for his glory and for his fame. And so on behalf of our church, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. We pray that your Christmas would be blessed and that that great news would not be something that you hide under your bed or under a lamp, that you would, that you would open it up and you would shine it into the world, the greatest news ever. They went, the good news moves our feet. They told, the good news moves our mouths. They glorified, the good news moves our hearts. Let's pray. Our God, we are thankful. We're thankful that we have the good news of great joy. We also confess, God, that we far too often keep that good news to ourselves. We confess that, that we may even be ashamed at times. We may be embarrassed to be called a Christian. But Lord, we pray that that would, uh, that would be an area in our heart that you would work out, that as your word convicts us, that as your Holy Spirit does deep work within, that as we can truly see the good news as the great news of joy, we pray that you would continue to compel us and propel us into this dark world around us with the, the, the true news of, of the light of joy of Jesus Christ. And that as we celebrate today, that the celebration would not end, that it would continue to, to unfold and to press forth into a dark world around us. And we pray, God, that you would give us beautiful feet, that we would open our mouths, and that you would continue to save. We know that that's, that's the work that you continue to do. Help us to be unashamed. Help us to relay that into a world in such great need. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.